The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. Understanding is key. Whilst we are shouting and screaming and, and, and dancing and all these things are good, praise God. But after we've jumped around, shout around, feel the goose pimples, what do we go back to? Bondage. So Exodus chapter 1 verse 7, the Bible says that and the children of Israel grew more mightier than the children of the Egyptians. They were in a land that they were more mightier than the people, yet they had no understanding. That means we have so much power, but we are not using the power. Genesis chapter 15 from this one. Are you there? I read. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And he beheld the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but the one who come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now towards the heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted unto him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the air of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Now, I want you to understand what's going on here. There is a conversation going on between Abraham and God. Remember, Abraham is a friend of God. So as they were talking, then all of a sudden, I mean, God said, look outside, count the stars. If you can't count them, then that means uh, uh, if you are able to count them, that means I will not be able to fulfill my promises towards you. And as Abraham counted the stars, he said, okay, God, now I know that you'll be able to fulfill what you have said. But then Abraham pressed further. Notice what's happening. Abraham pressed further. In other words, even though Abraham was walking in faith, he had a level of unbelief in him. Has God promised you something that sometimes it feels as if nothing is happening? God says, I'll make you the head and not the tail. And all you see around you is being the tail. 
colleagues that you started with have gone ahead of you. They pray one prayer and th thunder, thunder strikes and things happen. But you, you fast, you pray, nothing happens. I want you to understand something very important here. Now, when God called Abraham out of his father's house, God said to him, I'll make you a father of many nations. I want you to follow this carefully. Now, in Abraham's house, he had servants, he had slaves who were giving birth without struggle. They were having children. They were not fasting, they were not praying, but things were happening. But Abraham, who has the promise, nothing was happening. Sometimes you might carry the promise of God over your life and it might seem as if nothing is happening. David was anointed as king in the presence of his brothers. But yet, there was a king on the throne. Are you following what I'm saying? So sometimes, God will give you a word and it will seem as if nothing is happening. As a matter of fact, the more you pray sometimes, the worse the situation becomes. Is that not true? Sometimes the more you pray, the more you fast, you wonder, nothing seems to be happening. Things are getting worse. And so at this point, Abraham is to an extent doubting God. He has seen many promises of God come to pass, but he is doubting this one area of a child. Because he is a carrier of the covenant. He is a carrier of the blessing. Yet in his own life, nothing is happening for him. Have you noticed that most of the times it's not the tree that bears the fruits. It's the branches that bear the fruits. <laughs> I'll pause for you to think about it. Sometimes it's not the tree that has the fruits. It's the branches that bears the fruit. The tree most of the time will be complaining. Why are there no fruits on me? Because when people come looking for fruits, they don't go to the tree, they go to the branches. Yet, it's not the branches that carries the promise. It's the main tree that carries the promise. Are you following what I'm saying? This is very important. So when people come, all they do is go to the branches because, because you don't have no fruit, nobody is coming to you. But what you have to understand is that you are the carrier of the blessing. That's why when Hagar came, she had a child just like that. One touch. One touch. And then Hagar started singing insinuating songs. How many of you know what an insinuating song is? Sarah, you've been here for all these years. Nothing is happening. I came one touch. <laughs> We're going somewhere. So through this conversation, all of a sudden, God got upset. God got angry. And God said to Abraham, verse 7, it says, then the, he said to the Lord, uh, 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 and then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the air of the Chaldeans to give to you this land to inherit it. And, the, and he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? And he said to him, bring me, now look at what's going to happen, a covenant is going to be cut. 
This is the first time a covenant is going to be cut between God and Abraham. First time. Very important. So God said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Verse 10. The Bible says that then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and he placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the beds in two. Now I want you to notice something very important here. God said to Abraham, bring me all these things, but God never said to him, cut them into two. Did you notice that? That instruction was never given. But Abraham understood. Now, Abraham came from a background where his father's lineage, remember Abraham's father was an idol worshiper. And in Abraham's lineage, they used to actually sacrifice human beings to a god called Molech. Their children will go into fire and they will be sacrificed to a God called Molech. So Abraham had a perspective of sacrifice to, an, to, to a certain extent. So Abraham cut everything into two. Now, I want you to understand that your sacrifice is not complete until there is a presence of fire. Until there's a presence of fire. Now, an altar requires four things. Number one, an altar requires wood, Number two, an altar requires order. Every altar that is laid unto God, order is required. Order, very key. If you notice, Elijah laid an altar and there was order. Moses' altar, there was an order. The third thing is that there must be a sacrifice on the altar. Now, after the altar has three, three things, the fourth thing must be the sacrifice. And then when the sacrifice is placed onto the altar, fire then must be set to the altar. Are you following me? So when Abraham cut the animals into two, the only fire available then was God. He was the only fire. Now why? Because he has to pass through this, this sacrifice so that Abraham will know that he has fulfilled his part of the sacrifice. This is very important. But notice what happened. The next verse, the Bible says that whilst this was happening, Abraham fell into a deep sleep. A deep sleep, verse, verse 12. Verse 12, run with me quickly because I'm only laying the foundation. Now, the Bible said, when the sun was going down, I deeply fell upon Abraham, and behold, a horror and great darkness fell upon him. Verse 13, the Bible says, then he said to Abraham, look at the covenant, he said, know of a surety. Now, at this point, Abraham is asleep. He's in deep sleep. Like Adam, he's in deep sleep. Something is about to cut out of him. Because your Eve cannot be taken out of you whilst you are looking and smiling and talking. So God put Abraham to sleep and then God said, know of a surety that descendants of you 
will be will, will get into a land there will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and they will serve them and they will afflict them how many years how many years 400 years and then the next part of that covenant is that God says and after they have been afflicted for 400 years they are going to come out with great plenty or great possessions say a good amen Now, for your information, this month is exactly 400 years when the first slaves from Africa docked the land of the United States of America. This month, exactly 400 years. So there is a president at this point that is telling certain people to go home. It's not a coincidence because there's a 400 years covenant that has to be fulfilled. Britain is coming out of Europe after 40 years. You have to have understanding of the times. God operates with 40 years, 400 years, 40 days. And if you have no understanding, you'll miss what God is doing. So, so somebody is saying you need to go home and people are saying, but they were born here. Israel became a nation in bondage. Jacob went to Egypt and as a result of that, they became a nation. They were born in Egypt. You might be born in a strange land, but that's not your land, praise God. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. So, now, look at the covenants then. Abraham did everything, but God said you're going to go into bondage for 400 years. Descendants after you. And we know the end of the story. Somebody came up called Moses and he had no understanding and he prolonged this 400 years to 430 years. That's where we are coming to tonight. That's why if you are going to experience what we are talking about, understanding is key. I'm sorry to say that many Christians we have no understanding. We shout a lot, we scream a lot, but we have no understanding. There are more Christians in this country than any other religious group. Yet there are a small minority of people making laws as to what your children should be taught. Whereas Christians are sleeping and shouting and jumping in church, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and feeling goose pimples, laws are being made that are affecting Christians. The enemy has succeeded, succeeded in putting division in the hearts of many Christians. So you sit by your sister or brother in the church, but you don't trust each other. Because we have no understanding of the times. Second Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, the Bible says that the sons of Issachar, even though they were few, they had understanding of the times and they told their brothers what they ought to do. Understanding of the times. So understanding is key. If we are going to Experience the freedom that God is bringing to the church. Understanding is key. Shouting in church is just not enough. 
Understanding is key. Whilst we are shouting and screaming and, and, and dancing and all these things are good, praise God. But after we've jumped around, shout around, feel the goose pimples, what do we go back to? Bondage. So Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says that, and the children of Israel grew more mightier than the children of the Egyptians. They were in a land that they were more mightier than the people, yet they had no understanding. That means we have so much power, but we are not using the power. Our churches are being sold and being turned into mosques. Our churches have been sold and been turned into flats. If you're a church and you want to buy a church building, they will tell you you're going to bring traffic to the area, so because of that, they will not grant you planning permission. But there are Muslims who also have buildings and have their meetings, but they don't bring traffic. And Christians are there shouting and jumping. And, and after today when you go home, someone will ask you how is the service. You say it was very powerful. That's all. We have no understanding. That's why Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7. It says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. But in all you're getting, get understanding. Understanding is key. Understanding is key. If we are going to make any significant impact as Christians, understanding is key. Yeah, it's good to pray. I believe in praying for leaders. I believe it. Don't get me wrong. But you see, praying for your leader but not acting on the prayer is a waste of time. Esther is an example. They were going to destroy the children of the Jews, and then Mordecai said, fast and pray. He said, okay, I'll fast and pray, but I'm also going to go to the king. So after we have prayed and fasted, we have to now act. We have to go to the people of power. But just praying is not enough. We pray a lot. We shout a lot. The most attended prayer meetings are prayer meetings where we say, let's, let's kill the devil today by fire. <laughs> and for information, if God wanted the devil to die by fire, God is a consuming fire. He would have consumed the devil himself. So your prayer and shouting, die by fire. No, the devil cannot die by fire. That's, that's, that's lack of understanding prayer. And do you know that's the most intense part of our prayer meetings? Die by fire, die by fire. And we shake and gyrate. Now, now, please, don't get me wrong. If, if that will help you to get a little bit of satisfaction, praise God. But where God is taking us, we need wisdom, we need knowledge, and we need understanding. So Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1 verse 7.
Exodus chapter 1 verse 7. Now let's read from verse 6. The Bible says that and Joseph died and, he, and, he, and all his brothers and all that generation but the children of Israel were what? Fruitful and increased how? Abundantly and multiply and grew how? Exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with who? Was filled with who? Was filled with who? Them. The land was filled with them. But look at what happened. Let's say the Bible says that now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them lest they multiply and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. Therefore they set tax masters over them to afflict them with their burdens and they build for Pharaoh supply cities, Python and Ramesses. The children of Israel were more, yet they had no understanding and because of that those who were less had power over them. It's time for the church to go back to understanding. Philip came to the Ethiopian eunuch and asked him in Acts chapter 8, do you understand what you're reading? You see, sometimes I don't think the church understands what it's reading. Many Christians, we don't understand what we're reading. Many pastors, we don't understand what we're reading. We don't understand what we're reading. The writing is on the wall, like Nebuchadnezzar. We are reading it, but we don't understand it. It's time to go back to understanding. If you have no understanding, people who have understanding will always rule over you. They will always rule over you. It's, it's an insult on God for slaves to be riding on horsebacks and princes walking on barefoot on the ground. It's an insult on God. We have turned our churches to become shouting grounds. <laughs> That's why we don't shout here. We teach you something so it will provoke you. So when you go home and you are sleeping, what you've heard will be ringing in your mind, in your spirit, and in your soul. And it will provoke you to get up and do something. Many Christians will say, politics is dirty, yet politicians are making rules for you. They are determining when you wake up, what time you wake up, 
where you go, what you earn, and so on and so forth. It's time for us to rise up. The children of Israel, they were more mightier than the Egyptians. They were more than the Egyptians. But look at those who made laws for them. The Egyptians, when you read further, they didn't succeed in this. So Pharaoh brought a new law. It says, kill every male child. Leave the women. Why? Because when it's time for battle, the women can't fight. And that was the time Moses was born. Every time a negative decree goes out, a deliverer is being born. When Jesus was born, kill every male child under two. When Moses was born, kill every male child. Why? Because the enemy knows that these are destiny carriers. You think the devil doesn't know what you are born for? Sometimes he knows you more than you know yourself. And the sad truth is many Christians play into the hands of the devil. And sometimes we allow the devil to use us as agents and tools for destruction. The most divisive place on the earth is the church. Why? Why? It should be the most united place. Psalm 133 verse 1 to 3 says, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. It's like the oil, the anointing that flows from the head of Aaron through his beard and the neck is skipped. And then it goes to the garments and to the soles of his feet. Why was the neck skipped? Because the only way the devil can break division between the head and the body is to place a yoke on the neck. When the neck is stiff, if the head says turn left, the neck will say turn right. When there is a yoke on the neck, it hinders, it impedes the growth of the church. Sometimes there's an anointing flowing from the head, but it's not touching the body as it's supposed to because there is a disunity between the neck and the head. There are many businesses in the church, but there are businesses that stand alone. Why can we not bring our businesses together and expand? Why? Why? Because the enemy has succeeded. He knows. There's a strategy of Pharaoh. It's a divide and rule strategy. That's why a pastor can stand somewhere and tell somebody, don't go to that church. He has no mindset. He thinks that people are his people. He thinks the church is his church. I have never had a mindset of this church being my church before. The day I say it's my church, God will kill me. 
It has never, that word, my church, has never come out of my mouth. Because it is his church. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. If you say it's yours, you won't be able to build it. Hallelujah. So it's time. It's time for the church to rise up. That's why covenant is not, this is our second year. Covenant is not a conference. We have gathered here to hear the mind of God. And I decree over you that from now until next year's covenant, God will change your life. Hallelujah. This is the second year and great things are happening already. God is taking us somewhere. What God is doing is a sign that we are going somewhere. So it's time. It's time. And when you are in a church and you are serving, don't think the pastor is using you. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, the Bible says that he that comes to God must believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Who is your rewarder? Not the pastor. <laughs> If you have a mentality that is a pastor who is going to reward me, you're you in the wrong place. You've missed God. Uh, I serve so much. They didn't even say thank you. Yes, we'll say thank you sometimes, but if we forget, the pastor is not your rewarder. God is your rewarder. If I give you a thousand pounds, it will finish. But if God gives you a generational blessing... That goes on to a thousand generations if Jesus tarries. It's more than what the pastor will give you. Are you following what I'm saying? So let's understand these foundational truths. Nobody is using you. You are serving your own way out of bondage. Hallelujah. Moses had no understanding. So he went out. He saw two people fighting, one Egyptian, one Jew. He killed the Egyptian. He killed the Egyptian because the Bible says that Moses thought he would understand that he has been sent to deliver them. You see, when you have no understanding, you think that people will understand you. And the next day, Moses goes out again. He sees this same guy fighting with another brother of his. And when Moses started separating them, the guy said, do you want to kill me like you killed the other Egyptian? And then you spread. Sometimes the very people you've been sent to deliver are the people who deliver you to the enemy. The very same people you have been sent to deliver. So pastors, if members that you have prayed for turn against you is part of your calling. <laughs> Someone that you pray, you pray. You encourage them. You help them. And then they turn against you is part of your calling. 
Don't allow it to get to your heart because the devil's strategy is to poison your heart. The Bible says that Moses thought that he will understand, but he did not understand. And as a result of that, he prolonged the, the covenant which was meant for, to be for 400 years to 430 years. But I love another thing. Daniel, the Bible says, understood by the books and Daniel shortened slavery. Moses had no understanding. He prolonged the slavery. Daniel had understanding. He shortened slavery. The quickest route to your destiny is understanding. It's time to get understanding. And getting understanding is through the book. And many of us don't like reading. <laughs> we'll read everything. We'll watch everything. Once we take the Bible, we start sleeping. The Bible says, that David said, I understood by the books. Understanding is key. It's time for us to see Christian men, Christian women who have understanding, who have been born into purpose for purpose. Born into purpose for purpose. Listen, you were not born by accident. God gave birth to you for a purpose. But you see, when you don't understand your purpose, you even abuse yourself and abuse the people around you. I'm laying the foundation on understanding because this week some things are going to come that we need understanding to grasp. God has sent us a man and a woman of God who have understanding of this covenant we are talking about. It is not so much what they say it is more of who they have been with God. Are you following what I'm saying? It's not so much in the, sh- sometimes we like shout here, yeah, there's a place for shouting and screaming. But it's more in what the man and the woman of God, the time they have spent with God and what God has given to them for you. We have been praying as a church. This Friday will be 40 days praying and fasting for you. We are not gathering by because we want to gather. No, no. No, no, no. I just, I love, I love preaching in, in our church because our members are, uh, I mean, they are awesome. I just, I just love teaching the people that God has called us. They are awesome. Awesome, I'm telling you. Awesome. If you invite me anywhere on a Sunday, I wouldn't go. <laughs> because my assignment is the people God has given me. I learned that when we were three. When we were three people. Amen. Because if you take care of the few, God will give you multitudes. 
So we have not just put together something and because, no, please get this. This is, this is a mandate from God for someone. And may I suggest to you that, yes, during this covenant, testimonies, expectation cards will be given to you. Don't just write, God, give me a shoe. God, give me, give me a car. God, give me, give me a house. Give me, give me, give me a promotion. Give me, give me, give me, give, give me. Don't, don't know. Think generations. Amen? Think generation. Think the kingdom. Amen? Because when you think about the kingdom, everything else in the kingdom will be added unto you. Hallelujah. I said, think the kingdom. I said, what? Well, think the kingdom. Let that be your priority this week. When you get these expectation cards, these covenant expectation cards, let it be your heart desire that it's about the kingdom. Oh, my wife is here. Let's appreciate her. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, when she's not here, I, when I'm preaching, I don't feel it. I it felt something was not there. It, was, it felt like I was in a lion's den. She, if she had come a bit earlier, you'd have seen how my anointing would be flowing. I just have five more minutes left. So, this week is a holy week. Please don't take this week for granted. A man and a woman who have spent time with God over the years. God has sent them to us. Like the woman from the Shunammite woman in 1 Kings chapter 4 verse 9. Elisha was passing there every time. But one day she said to her husband, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. God has sent us holy man and holy woman of God. And they are going to speak a word. Just one word. All you need is one word. All you need is what? One word. And just that one word. Let it be a covenant between you and God. When you come to God, you come to God on the basis of that word. And say, this is what you said. About me. And about us. So we have Believing you for this. So this week, get understanding. Don't allow anything to distract you. Get understanding this week. Be hungry for knowledge. When God sends the man of God, he's coming tomorrow, ministering, be hungry for the word. There's something about them. They carry an unusual grace. Last year when they came to us from last year till now, God has transformed our levels in realms without that the mind cannot comprehend. So I'm preparing you this week to be hungry. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside anything that will distract you. Come with a heart ready to receive. 
Do you know that like, like, like Jacob, Jacob had an encounter with God and he said, God was in this place and I knew it not. You can be in a place where God is moving and not know that God is moving. The man who was at the pool of Bethsaida, he was there for how many years? He was at a place of grace, but never knew that grace was available for him. The two blind men who came to Jesus, they were believing God for a touch. They were believing Jesus for a touch. The Bible said, Jesus touched them and nothing happened. And Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. This is our holy week. Our holy week. Where we are going to have an encounter with God like never before. I want you to prepare your heart. Prepare your spirit. This is not a conference. Amen? This is not a conference. God has sent a grace to us. If this man is looking for a place to preach, he won't come here. His, his choir is bigger than our church. His choir, his choir alone is bigger than me. <laughs> so if he's looking for a place to preach, he won't come here. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, he won't come here. But God has sent him here for a purpose. Yeah, for a purpose. And don't be like Jerusalem and don't let Jesus weep over us because we are not sensitive to the times. Jesus wept over the city because the city had no understanding. May it not be your portion. This week, God will release you. This week, God will let you go. This week, you will have an encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit. This week, something will shift in your mind. This week, you begin to see possibilities. This week, what has been impossible will be made possible. This week, you will have an encounter with the Holy God of Israel. This week, God will move you from your past into your future. This week is your week of turnaround. I know what God told me. I know what God told me. I can hear a little from God. When God said last year, this is a theme for the year, let my people go, I didn't know that August will be exactly 400 years. And there is a particular country in West Africa, their theme for the year is the theme of the year of the return. Where people from slaves from America, born slaves, whatever, going back. I have a little insight with God, just a little bit. I hear God a little. And I know that this week, something is shifting. In the name of Jesus. Did you receive it? 
Let's give Jesus a better praise. Let's please rise up on our feet. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information, or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.